0: Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows throughout each month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez. She alternates her weeks in English and Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I continue to be the host for this fun show, on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesdays features nature spirituality with none other than Selena Fox. Are you in the mood for some magic? Then you'll want to tune in on Thursdays for Moon Magic with Jeanette and David Ewing. The 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 third Fridays of each month feature Blue Marble, an eco-educational, eco-restoration, and eco-activism, and eco-spirituality podcast. We have such a fun and informative lineup of shows And we at CSNP hope that you try them all. Would you like to learn to live and achieve balance, fulfillment, and magic in your home? Well, you're in luck. Tonight on Circle Talk, we're going to chat with Leslie Morrison about her new book, In the Spirit of Home, Practical Ways to Create Your Perfect Haven. Leslie Morrison is a kitchen designer on Vancouver Island, Canada, and has been working with the world of interiors for nearly two decades. Her passion for interiors has emerged with her love of nature producing an approach to design that is both spiritual and practical. While most of her time is spent creating dream kitchens for her clients, she works to create meaningful spaces in and out of their homes. If you want more information, please go to her website at www.leslieamorrison.com. That's L-E-S-L-E-A. Excuse me, dot com. I'm very excited for you all to introduce her to you all. I read her book. We have lots to chat about. It's going to be a great show. Welcome, Leslie, to Circle Talk.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: I am excited to have you. Uh, and I, I read your book. Now, is this your first book, or have you, have you authored others?
2: Um, I have this is my third published um work. The first one I did with Llewellyn was uh The Healing Wisdom of Birds and that came out in two thousand and eleven. Um and then I did the Winged Enchantment Oracle with Lisa Hunt um in two thousand fifteen through US Games. So this is my technically my third publication.
0: That so you also are a big bird girl too.
2: Mm, absolutely. <laughs> That's where I started.
0: <laughs> that yeah, is no, am. Awesome. Um, How did your interest in birds come about?
2: It was actually really funny, and I used to really love talking about what inspired the first book. I had been uh-huh. um, an anthropology student in university. Uh, And at the time, I had been running a a daycare, and I used to have kids with me all the time. Um, But I felt like I was being pulled in a different direction, and and I started everywhere I went. Uh, I walked every day with my youngest, and every time I went outside, I was finding feathers every single day. And I was at the point where I was stockpiling these bird feathers, crow feathers, anything. Uh And then birds started to come to me, injured birds. I would have birds. Uh, songbirds like landing on me, becoming such a, okay, what am I missing? What do I need to know? And Uh that was really what started it. I started to investigate, um, cultural histories of birds what they meant in spirituality as animal totems and it was my lack of finding resources that i wanted was what inspired me to actually write the healing wisdom of birds so i kind of took everything from every resource i could find and i put it together in one in one neat little place and and then i just um i went from there and then from there we did the winged enchantment oracle i I approached lisa hunt who is a a well-known tarot artist and I mm-hmm. said, hey, would you want, to, do you want to do a deck about birds? And, and that was just how it went. So that, that's, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting way how you get pulled in a certain direction. And um, if you don't always listen at first, it kind of gets louder and, and until you listen. So, <laughs> so that's a good story. I, I love talking about it because it was like, okay, why am I being surrounded by birds? <laughs> so I, I, I think I was just to tell a story, you know, it was just my my time and my job to just maybe impart some of their wisdom, and, and I heeded the call, and I wrote the book, and it um, and I love doing it. That
0: is so fun. Well, then, how did you yeah. get from birds to houses?
2: <laughs> exactly. I, I, I take many paths. I'm one of those people that likes to explore a lot of different things. Um, I actually, uh, from that point after that, I went into um, studying interior design. And then I started working um, as a career as a kitchen and bath designer. Um, And it it was doing kind of um, personal projects, projects for friends and family over the years. Um, And it it wasn't until fairly recently, probably the, the, the last few years, I really started to focus in my own space on Um, Yeah, it really looks nice, but I'm not really liking how it feels. And then I started to take that kind of intuitive approach where... Um, I, I really wanted to focus on how how a room felt, or how how do certain mm-hmm. color combinations make me feel? You know, how, how does how does wood uh, compared to metals or stones make people sure. um, people feel? So so I started to really hone in on that, and the difference in my own space really transformed. And that was when I was like, aha, you know, that aha moment. <laughs> You know, I haven't right. really been focusing on how a space feels, and I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, but it, the more I kind of incorporated that into my own life, the, the more I started to see um, small little things that, that fit together that I hadn't noticed before. So I thought it would be really fun to start trying that out, obviously, in, in my career. And then I, I decided mm-hmm. to, to write about it because I think it's a, it's an area that people are becoming aware of. Um, but maybe Why? just needs a bit more, you know, exploration to to kind of figure out. Well, how do I do that? How do I know that my room feels good, or how do I know that my house um, it's flowing and there's energy flowing through the house? So that was really my main approach. Um, and and again, it's just uh, life just takes you in that direction, and that's where that's where I am kind of right now. So, um, I, I follow it. I tend to get the, get the whim or the idea and I follow it through and, and I go all kinds of different places.
0: <laughs> your, um, I really enjoyed your book and it, it's broken down, um, very practically, you know, you give yeah. kind of introduction and then you go into, you know, your entryway, your kitchen, your living room, you go into sections and, 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 um, um, a lot of practical advice, but there is spirituality weaved all through in the book, including meditations mm-hmm. on helping you to get to where you're talking about. Uh, yeah. How did that, that is so clever. How did that idea come to you about taking your interior design and weaving spirituality in it? Um well I think that's
2: more just from my own personal experience. I I know mm-hmm. I when I'm kind of refreshing my own space, I will I will physically stand in a room and just just kind of meditate to kind of think about how it feels what what do i need the room for what do i want this room to do for me um, so really allowing sort of that intuitive energy to flow in and, and and kind of guide me that way but the the main reason i wanted to incorporate that in is because the way a room functions and the way a room feels um, you know whether or not people want to think about that or admit it it really does impact how we live and i think that impacts how we Um, how we interact with others, how we interact with the world. If we have a space that's very nurturing, um, you know, and and inspires us to grow or motivates us to, you know, kind of be our best, I I think that that space is, is nurturing us on a spiritual level and an emotional level. So, Focusing on that spiritual side, I think, is um, just as important on focusing on how it looks. I mean, if it has to feel a certain way and it has to, I think, have a certain energetic framework to really be giving us what we need of a space. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I and I found a really interesting quote by Winston Churchill. Um, I can't remember if I left it in the book or not, but it was uh, we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape us. So I think that's really important that we give, we, we may build a room or, or build a building, but it's what we put into that space that is what we're going to get back out of it. So that was really where I... Cook, uh, that was really my inspiration. Was that mindset? Is what it, what are we putting into our houses and our rooms, and and how are we being nurtured um, back at, at that point? And I think it is very spiritual to have a space that you feel good in and that makes you feel comfortable and makes you want to be there. I think that's a, a, it is it, very close to our spirituality, and I I think it's something that we should all be looking at when we're we're looking at our houses. Absolutely.
0: Did you did you um grow up in a pagan path or earth centered or is this something that you came to later in life?
2: Um uh, well my mom was um she used to tell me stories about how she rebelled against her very religious mother when <laughs> she was a kid in scotland where we're a scottish family i'm i'm first generation canadian but but she oh, wow. was very much um, very much a a pagan not that she was mm-hmm. she didn't practice a lot of it but that was her mindset she was very nature based very nature oriented yeah. and she gave me my first a set of tarot cards and runes. I think when I That's was ten,
0: really
2: something something like that. Yeah, and, and we did. We we had a gift shop together um, when we lived in in Alberta. So we did a lot of um, nature based things. We sold a lot of nature based products. Um, I did. She she encouraged me to pursue um, tarot readings when I first started to read uh, for other people. So. The household itself was just very open, and we were always just Uh encouraged to to follow what felt right. But my mother in particular was very, uh, very earthy and very, very pagan based. And I think that's where I ultimately got my, you know, I I was allowed to express that, but it came naturally to me anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I loved your book, and I liked, um, again, I have read a little bit about feng shui, but you talk yep. a little bit about that, and I, I liked how you start out, and you're very clear by saying this isn't a feng shui book. You know, you want more information, here, where you can go. But yeah. I liked how you started <laughs> out with, and is it called um, Baga or the map that you use?
2: Oh, the, the Baga, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I am. I, have I am tried to do yeah.
0: that, and I've always tried to struggle with that. But I thought that was an interesting way to start.
2: Yeah, yep. No, and I, I and I'm not a feng shui master. I've I've kind of played with some of the techniques, um, and, and I tend to do that. I I, I take things from different philosophies or, or backgrounds um, that, that I can I can incorporate. But I'm not a you know I'm not a feng shui master. And there's so many. Um, really professional feng shui practitioners out there that I do encourage people if they're interested to to find those resources for sure because it is so it can be so technical um and and and, and it's a whole different um way of kind of going about decorating but there are some very um, similar aspects, I think some some of the core beliefs in feng shui um, and the, the some of the other older philosophies that are um, very similar in terms of um, you know looking at the directions, looking at the way the elements right. work. Um, and then and then really focusing on the energy flow, um, which is what I really wanted to kind of hone in on as well, because I personally can feel stagnant energy in a room. Not everybody can, but I personally can. Right. So I wanted to incorporate that. And, and maybe some of the techniques in the book will help people maybe pay attention to that, you know. Um, why, why do why do I hate going to my bedroom at night? You know <laughs> what what's going on in this space that I need to look at? Um, and, and kind of ha- feeling that, right? And it's really paying attention to how that feels because if it doesn't feel right, then something's not working. And I think that's what um, that's what people really need to start focusing on.
0: It's funny because you really helped me because um, you called it, it's basically an energy map. So mm-hmm. that helped me, you know, I try to look at it scientifically and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, is this southeast or whatever? But that made much yeah. more sense to me is use it as a tool one of many to hone in on your space
2: right yep yep and it, and it really is i mean e- even if you look at it from the you know the directional if you're if you're gonna focus like really on you know where's the east and where's the west in my home, I mean that approach works for a lot of people. Um, but but a lot of people might find a more intuitive approach works. So, um,
0: yeah.
2: I, I've I've tried to incorporate feng shui elements into um, houses before that just didn't feel right. So sometimes right. it's not about following a strict formula. It's about okay well but you know according to a feng shui you know theory or practice this room should be great but it doesn't feel good so so there's always a little bit of um intuition i think when you're when you're incorporating um um, elements into your home and i think at the end of the day it needs to feel good and everyone's different everyone's going to feel that differently everyone's going to feel space differently everyone's going to react to color differently and texture so um I think it, it it's a very subjective experience. Uh but if right. you can incorporate it's, some of those philosophies that's that's great because they're very old and they've been you know right. they've been very helpful and they're and they're they're wonderful but they might not all work for everybody so it's 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 a matter right. of just trying things out I think.
0: Right. And I think when things are old and they've been used you know over centuries it gets their own type of energy to it.
2: Exactly. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yep, and I, sure. I like, um, um, you did a really good job. I really enjoyed reading about the elements to mm-hmm. incorporate them. In fact, you gave me some suggestions I hadn't thought of. Like, one is, like, I'm like, I don't really have any metal in my room. And you mm. go to say that the color white can represent yep. metal. Yeah. And
2: I'm like, yep. and oh,
0: that's- so, go ahead, talk tell us about yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Well, and there there might be some people that that don't want to incorporate, like maybe somebody doesn't want um, to add uh, a water fountain or a water feature, right? So there are Mm -hmm. little... there are little tricks in feng shui where, where certain things represent the elements. So that's where really going into detail. If you're if you're going to study, you know, feng shui or looking to incorporate that, you know, in the instance of water, you can you can have a mirror, right? Just a, a reflective surface. Right. So you don't necessarily have to have the physical element um, unless you're so inclined, but. There a lot of the colors are representative of the elements as well. So even if you just want like a subtle feng shui cure to add the element of metal, you can have white. You can have something just with metal on it. It doesn't have to be extreme. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's where a lot of people don't necessarily know um, is that there are a lot of more subtle ways to incorporate the elements into a room without you know putting a fire in the middle of your <laughs> the middle of your Why? kitchen, right? So.
1: So yeah, it, it's just a,
2: a matter of playing with things, and, and you know it might be too much for some people. So, but there are very uh, and and there are some some tips and tricks in the book about how to just you know incorporate small things into your space to to represent right. those elements or kind of get that cure in there. If you're, I I'm I'm partial to wood. I always have been. I I, I could go overboard with wood, but then it feels very heavy. So you there well, has to be a balance, right? So scale back on the wood a little bit and add a little bit of metal um, and a little bit of blue maybe to, to soften it for the water element, so like a throw blanket or a pillow. And, th- and that can work just wonders, just a little bit to balance that out. So it doesn't have to be extreme, um, and a lot of, and you don't have to go and, and spend a lot of money and completely redo a house or a room. There are some very simple ways that you can just freshen up a space just by by swapping out colors, um, and, and and just little tips tips and tricks like that can go a long way.
0: Yeah, I, and again, I really liked how you say try something and see how it feels. If you don't like it, yeah, then try something. Do it again. Like it. You know what I mean? You know, you know. Sometimes yeah. I think we we get impatient and we like want the perfect thing. And I have, besides your books, I've read so many that say. You know, your house is kind of a journey. It will change over mm-hmm. time. So as you change. Yeah. So, uh, well, and that's just what real- it is. I, yeah.
2: I, and I, and I think that's very true is that you're, you're, you're never going to be the same person you were yesterday or last year. So, I mean, constantly, you know, even once a year or seasonally, I know a lot of people have changed things up seasonally, but even once a year, um, just maybe just do an assessment of do I, do I still like this painting? You know, a lot of people just keep stuff because they can't be bothered or they don't want to spend money, but then they don't realize the impact that's having. That you know, you're hanging on to things that you don't, that don't bring you joy, but you you're just you're just going to leave it there because it's easier to leave it there. And and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Is is I couldn't imagine living in a house that looked the same for for even five years. It would probably drive me nuts. <laughs> And yeah. I just, but that's just me changing constantly and wanting to be surrounded by the things that I'm drawn to at that time. And and I do, and every year I do a, a clean. I donate boxes of old stuff. You know, I have kids, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy to accumulate stuff, but uh-huh. but it's very important. Just 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 donate it if it just it doesn't need to be there. Just if you're not wearing it, get rid of it, and 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 it feels amazing. And then it opens up those kind of energetic doorways for new things to come in. Um, and and I don't think anyone can stress that enough. And it's obviously home organization is a huge um, huge topic right now since you know the pandemic and people are focusing on this stuff and and we really need to start looking at how we're living and what we're hanging on to and how we can raise that ener- energy in our homes you know on a, on a everyday basis yeah and i
0: have to say i you you had a chapter about um the magic of letting go and i have to say i struggle with that i tend to be a pack rat um for mm-hmm. certain things so uh, yeah, um, I do art, rubber stamping, scrapping. So I have, you know, and I look at them, but I have just a closet full of twenty year old art magazine. I mean, yeah, I tend to be a pack rat too. Yep. So an organized pack rat, yep. it looks good, but it's still there. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I I read your chapter off. I'll, I'll probably have to read it every night for about three weeks. But anyway. So.
2: <laughs> and that's one of my favorite chapters and I and I think that's and when I did the webinar some of the comments that came up afterwards were that it was it was difficult for people to let go and and they yeah. wanted advice on how to do that because it's so emotional as we attach so right. much stuff to our possessions or our our photographs or you know oh i can't i can't get rid of that because you know my mom gave that to me 20 years ago and my yeah. mom's not here anymore it's like well but but is that making you happy or is that just kind of wow. clinging to a it, it becomes a burden yeah. but you you feel guilty to let it go and i think that's a huge part of space clearing which is i think my my favorite part of the book is on the space clearing because it is the most important. I mean, it doesn't matter how much nice stuff you buy to put in your house. If your if your house isn't clean or organized or you're hanging on to stuff, you're not going to get the, the feeling. You're not going to get the, the energy flow that you need with, without getting rid of some of that old stuff. And and that's just, um, that's just the way it is.
0: (laughs) And it's funny. I didn't really realize that. Although both of my sisters are like, Oh, yeah, they get rid of things very quickly. Um, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was like that until something about my mom went to get me something years ago. And I'm like, well, why don't you give this to my sister? She might like it. She goes, no. I know if I give it to you, you'll keep it. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm the family pack rat. So you I are. Grandmother, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm like, oh, that's good because they know. But I'm like that. I have a hard time getting rid of family mm-hmm. things but yeah, um no my very common kept, my grandmother's old Tupperware, and i'm like oh Tupperware is not an heirloom but anyway so yeah <laughs> so i have to work through that i have to listen, but you'll I find, find a use for it right <laughs> oh yeah no i keep it for yeah. later i don't you didn't think i didn't underline that in your book keeping it for later <laughs> so yeah i have a i i'll be reading the um i think it's the third chapter every night you about a month but anyway so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, but you're right. It is it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with.
2: It is for sure. And I think that's probably the and that's why I recommend starting there before you're Going to do anything else is is just is assessing the space. I mean, is okay. What what needs to be done first and clearing space is always where I suggest starting is because you can't go anywhere with without getting rid of that old stuff. So, yeah. But yes, it is hard. It is challenging for a lot of people, and and that's part of the journey. I think that's part of the the evolution that you you need to go through. Is is, I'm not that person. I'm not. I don't need this. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if I was going to like redo a room. Do you have a suggestion on what room I should start with?
2: I I usually recommend um, the bedroom as one of the main ones. Um, the bedroom I, I don't know why, but most people I meet, the bedroom is the messiest room in the house.
0: <laughs> and I, I, and I don't say, know if it's just a thing. That's you say that. Yeah, that is the <laughs> last room I spend money on. And then and. And yeah. I'm there every day for eight hours. Isn't that
2: crazy? <laughs> exactly. I know and that's where we dream, right? That's where we I mean, I don't know right. maybe that's where this is where I do my 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 own tarot readings. I do my um I do a lot of my writing in my room. It, it, it's my space. But a lot of people when I walk into their room it's like, Oh my god, a bomb just went off in here because we right. rush to get ready in the morning and we just throw clothes right. down or the kids come in and read and they leave books and toys and but that is your space and i mean ultimately that's where we go to rejuvenate at the end of the day and if that space is a tip you're probably not going to get the nurturing sleep you need whether or not you're processing what's going on in the room or not it is going to affect you and i, and I don't think most people pay attention to that because you're tired you don't care you just want to go to bed but right. but it
0: does right, right impact you on Leslie cannot yeah right to my <laughs> But But it's it's funny. It's everywhere I I go. (laughs) I have problems at times sleeping, and I never correlated that. Yeah,
2: no, and and it's very common. Most people don't think about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the kitchen is one thing. It's another one I think that's important, too. But if you're going to just do one room, I usually suggest look at your bedroom first because I guarantee you don't look at your bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, it's very important.
0: Because guests, people who come over, visitors don't see my bedroom. So I think most yeah. folks are like me. They tend to spend money where people are going to see it.
2: Exactly. Yeah, which is it's funny, isn't it? So you're 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 designing and preparing for other people and it's not really other people's, you know, it's it's your energy you need to focus on and right. and that's where I think that this approach is going to work for a lot of people is like, "Oh, wait a minute. It's my space and I need to take back my space and make sure that it, my space is doing and and it doesn't matter i mean it, a lot of people you know are, are renting or it, they don't own a home but it doesn't matter i mean it's your space while you're there and it's going to impact you every day and it's going to it it is going to um influence your your interactions with the world and and and, and it's just something i have discovered and and if i can help just a few people out you know out to 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 try these things out um then i then i think that's fantastic but yes yeah, start with your bedroom <laughs> Make your bed. And I make your bed every morning. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, that's funny. I, um, No matter
0: um, if there's shoes on yep. the floor, I make my bed. And that's Makes funny because bed. I have a daughter who does not. She just is like, I'm going to get back into yeah. it. But, yeah, I I have a problem. I don't. I will make, if I'm in a hurry and I don't make my bed, I will make my bed before I get into it. That's probably kind of weird, but I will do that. I, so I, just I it. do like a make bed.
2: Yeah, no, and it's and it just shows that you're ready to start the day and you're, you know, the sleep time is over. And, and I think just a, a few, um, and I got out my room periodically as well. And I, you know, I just, I took out the desk. I was like, nope, I'm not working in my bedroom. And it, there has to be a separation, right? And it has to start with, with the space and what you intend to use the space for. So, um, and the exercise bike, you know, I used to have that in my room too, but nope, took that out. <laughs> Just it, it's a it's a place for restoration and and you know resting and dream world if you're gonna if you're gonna do dream um, dream work or anything like that it, it needs to be um, a heightened space and, and a place for to invite those energies in.
0: But it's got to be. I mean, how do you create this nurturing, beautiful place when we're all busy? And I don't really have. I mean, I don't have time to fluff up
2: yeah and a lot of us don't, and I think that's where our biggest downfall is, is that we've made ourselves so busy and and we've, yeah. we've come we've made ourselves so tired where we don't care what the house looks like yeah um, and, and i'm 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 i maybe I'm just different, but I'm one of those people that when it gets to a certain point, I can't do anything else i I cannot think, I cannot focus. I will, you know, no, the house is getting clean today or this room is, is not working and everything stops for me. Energetically, everything stops. But I think a lot of people push through it and they push through the exhaustion and they push through the mental fatigue and 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 there's just but it's a part of self care in my opinion, you know if you mm-hmm. can spend all this time on doing your hair or your makeup or your nails, you know you can spend that time on your space, you know it is a part of self care and I think it's a very important part of self care that people don't think about um and, and we we just take it for granted sometimes I think it's just a room. Um, but it's not just a room; it is space, and we're putting energy into it, and we're gonna we're gonna take energy from it um, to a certain extent. So, in it, 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 my advice, I think to anybody would be is just make it a part of self care. You know, like like we say when you get up in the morning, mm-hmm. stretch. You know, you can take two minutes to make the bed, or you can take two okay. minutes to to grab the dirty laundry you left the night before and put it in the laundry mm-hmm. room. You know, it's just a, it's just small, and it doesn't have to take long. You know, why Why am I sleeping on, you know, sheets that have holes in them or, you know, it's mm-hmm. self-care. And I think that, that you don't have to put a lot of money into in, into everything in your home, but where you sleep and where you rest, I think, is, is a big part of how you care for yourself. And it says a lot, I think, about um, how you want to care for yourself in the end is, is how, you're, how you treat your space. That's how I look at it. And I, I just... I don't know if, I, I, if I'm a snob that way, but when I walk into somebody's home, I always look at people's face. I can't help it. <laughs> like, oh, that mm-hmm. person likes to read or that person likes to collect mm-hmm. pottery. And, and I'm observant that way. But to me, it shows a lot about this person doesn't want to take a lot of time to make their space comfortable for themselves. So they probably overextend themselves. So those are just things that I notice about people and 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 it's usually pretty accurate, but yeah we're busy i'm I'm busy too and and if I haven't paid attention to my space, I feel it and and then- and then everything has to stop until I fix it so that's just how I've learned to correct that in in my world so um it it and it takes practice, I think a lot of people might struggle with some of the some of those things for the long term, but it's definitely worth trying. You know, if anyone reads the book and at least tries a couple of the the, the tricks or techniques or um, rooms in there, um, it would be worth just to see how it changes things, I think.
1: Yeah,
0: and the book um, really makes you look at things differently. Like, talk about the chapter, The Entryway, Um, and you even talk about deities Um, -hmm. that you work with. And again, I, um, you know, I hadn't, you know, my foyer looks perfect if company's coming over, but typically not. And that chapter made me rethink things too. Tell us about that.
2: Well, and it's interesting the the entryway in um in a lot of uh, Asian cultures is is a very important part of the home. It's the most important place. It's and in in going back to like Roman times and and ancient ancient civilizations, the entryway is your it's like a portal. That's where the the outside world stops and your personal sanctuary begins. And that was how people used to view their space, you know, a long time ago. Um, that, that we maybe don't now but it's it's like a portal to your world um, and and it should be uh, it used to be um, guarded by deities and there is a there's a mm-hmm. lot of deities in the book as well that sort of act as those guardians to the portal and I myself have Athena at my front door every in every house I've ever lived in I have Athena at my front door but that's just something that I've come to associate with the protection of my mm-hmm. portal right but but having an entryway that's um, that's cluttered with shoes I mean everybody throws their shoes on the floor when they come in it's it's just what we all do but but if you walk in and, and and there's mess the instant you walk in the door and there's there's clutter and there's junk I mean you're that's the first thing you're seeing when you come home at the end of the day so how is that impacting you you know when you walk in the front door and I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. realize that and it's that clutter is probably slowing down energy trying to come in because there's so much stuff there and 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 it's not organized. But that is your that's sort of your your passageway from the outside world to to your personal sanctuary. So if that's not clear um, and bright and open and kept tidy, I think right off the bat that's influencing. Um, your your time in the house has influencing you as soon as you walk in the door. So the last thing you want to see when you come home at the end of the day is is stuff everywhere, right? Because it's going to set you off, you know, into a mood of oh, okay, there, there's mess here, and and it and it just it, I think it it just impacts you on again levels that I don't think a lot of people even realize that that's these are the little things that I think. Eat at us over time, but we just don't mm-hmm. attribute them to what we're doing in our space. But the entryway, I think, it's interesting because of the historical significance of that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of cultures that put great uh, emphasis on the entryway um, and, and having guardian deities to you know or, or familiar deities that, that protect the space. So um, that was a really interesting um, uh, bit of research for for the book as well how important that space was to ancient peoples and why we should be looking at that right now.
0: And again, and it's interesting because I'm a, um, I'm a practitioner, so i work with energy magically. So I'm not sure why I'm not clever enough to realize to use it in practical terms, but it's movement of energy. And I really liked in the book you talked about, um, like you said, in other cultures, the um, entryway is the most important. So you should come there if possible. But maybe people yep. like me who have a garage don't go in that way. And in the yep. book it says you should at least once a month, once a week, whatever, open your front door yep. to let that energy in and out. And I thought that was very clever.
2: Mm-hmm. And and, that, and that's true. And and that's what uh, most people see of our home as well from the outside. Um, so I, I t- just make sure that you've got, if you have a garden, make sure it's tended, and you don't have dead plants lying around out there because it, it, it just it, it introduces kind of the things you're hoping to attract into your home. I think the entryway, and I and I go around and I look at, you know, again I look at people's houses because that's what I do, but but I always look at the entryway. I always look to see you know what people have done with it because it's interesting to me is some people really go all out for the entryway to to kind of when you walk up to that front door wow this person takes you know great pride in their home and and they're welcoming these positive healthy experiences and they've got this you know these, these big beautiful healthy plants at the front door and that and those can be indicators of wealth and success and they always have been culturally or having statues there but I think that speaks volumes to people coming in as well um and then again that impact of of you coming in at the end of the day or or, or whenever and having having that sense of uh you know it positive energy flowing in constantly because you're keeping that entryway clear you're 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 showing the world that you respect the space and that you're inviting all of these great things into your home so um, it is a very important part of the house and yes a lot of people do use the garage or the back door but even just opening Mm -hmm. it up every you know every once in a while to just invite that energy in let that positive air flow in and um, and just call out what you're hoping to attract to the home, it, it just just periodically. It, just same with opening windows and and doors as well. Just uh, just to invite that fresh energy in, I think is very important because that's where everything starts. Right. I think is is the front door.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I really I liked. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that chapter, and I thought about that too because uh, unless I have company come over. I may go a long time and not go in and out my front door. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in fact, I had a, recently had a storm and, and had um, damage. I'm going to have to have some trees removed. And a, I had a huge limb fall off a tree. And so oh. I had someone come out to give me estimates. And I laugh. I have um, a bush that is literally you walk up the steps to my door and it's right there and it's huge. But it's dying. The bar, the top part of oh. it's dying, but the bottom part of it's brown. But I keep it there because it hides where they put my packages. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the guy and I didn't I don't think anything about it because that's why I kept it there. And you're right, I don't come in that way so I don't look at it. And so you just made yeah. me realize when the guy was doing estimates, he said, And if you want, I'll take that dead bush out <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I i don't look at it i just kept it there to hide packages so you're right i probably yeah. need to walk in my front door and see how
2: it yeah. makes me feel see how it makes you feel and see, and because i think that 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 is saying a lot about what you you want to attract and you know um right. it, you know i go out i go in and out my front door and i try and you know dead leaves tend to blow at the front door so they're always accumulating uh-huh. but i I try and sweep that every week. Is just get rid of the dead leaves and 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 brush them off the path. And then as I'm doing that, I visualize that dead stuff leaving um, and clearing the path for for new energies to come in. So I think intention is a big part of that too, which comes back to our spirituality and and how how you're you're you know impacting your home on a spiritual level is is what what intentions are you giving your home? Or um, and 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 a lot of us just don't think of that. Um, and I, I recently connected with a interior designer in Calgary who runs a firm with that very philosophy. So we've been we've been connecting, and and she just said mm-hmm. it's just amazing because a lot of people don't look at their homes from that perspective, and no, they don't. They just they want it to look like they see it on Pinterest. But mm-hmm. okay, but that might not work for you, right? And right. And, and and I've done beautiful rooms and beautiful. You know kitchens and for for people or for myself, but it, it sometimes it looks amazing, but it doesn't feel like it's yours. And and a lot of right. people, I think, there's that disconnect, right? Is it, it you could follow a trend and make it look picture perfect, but it's not yours. It's not you. It's not what you want. Um, so again, it's just it's it's more of an intuitive approach and a more of a a personal spiritual approach to to making the space how we need it, and and I and I don't think dead plants or anything like that are are, are helping us. I don't because they're not representing anything that's healthy and nurturing. <laughs> no offense, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's just when, when
2: I see a dead plant, I just want to rip it out. That's my first instinct is right. I don't want that there because it's taking nutrients away from something else. So that's just right. that, that's my approach to, to how I view it, but I realize that maybe not everyone sees it that way, but that, that, that was sort yeah. of my, um, my perspective on that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about style because you also in your book talk about different styles and you are a rustic girl you like cabins i am did i remember that correctly <laughs> yeah yeah and that's funny <laughs> i do i have a very and i didn't realize i have a very distinct style like i have a friend whose um home um was done by interior decorator it was very expensive and 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 i had another friend who said oh gosh don't you wish we could afford to do that and i'm like no i don't like that would make me that doesn't feel like home to me so mm-hmm. exactly you're right but yet you know my house with books everywhere would drive drives her crazy so it's interesting yeah. how you're right we are all individual spirits in this world and are looking for different things
2: Exactly, and that's a, and and obviously not everybody is in a position where they can just you know pick whatever house they want. We, we don't always have that luxury, but right. there are definitely ways you can incorporate what that represents into your space. So, like like I said about the rustic house, you know, I I tend to buy rustic woods or you know faux fur throws or anything that kind of gives me that feeling of being in a little cabin and I just happen to be lucky enough to be in a place on Vancouver Island that is surrounded by deer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I do have deer running past my windows so it's just it's just incorporating those little things that make you feel that you're there just just enough to satisfy you know your spirit and to give you that um, and if you could absolutely go buy a house in the mountains and perfect you know and that's what you want but but it is and we all resonate to different things at different times you know I probably wouldn't have thought that way 10 years ago um, but Mm -hmm. that's the way I feel now so it's it's really about just letting yourself evolve with, you know, with your space and, and, and making sure that you're kind of lined up and, and there's a, a real connection to who you are now um, with what your space looks like. And, and that, that's really where I tend to just tell people right off the bat, you know, what, does your house now represent what you feel you are or, or where you're going? And, and if it's not, then there's, that, um, there's definitely an energetic disconnect there where you, you could be benefiting more. Um, from your space than you are.
0: Absolutely, I think sometimes um, folks get it in their head, um, um, especially now with inflation and money tight. Is, mm-hmm. it, is it, Do you always have to spend lots of money to make changes that count?
2: No, I I tend to spend very little money if I can. <laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty stingy. <laughs> but I mean, if, from if, if there's a lot of a lot of times um, I I I tell people, I'm like, well, before you change anything in your house, you know, before you, you know, go buying new stuff, start with the space clearing, you know, see what it is you need to get rid of first before you want to figure out what you want to buy, right? So get what what is it you don't like in this space? What's old? What's run down? What makes you go, ew, I don't like that anymore, So that's where the space clearing comes in and and, and start there, get rid of, and then you can reassess the space at that time, you know, is my furniture in disrepair? So those are all questions you have to figure out. You know, if you're talking about major, you know, you know, my couch is broken, but I'm going to use it anyway, that's different, but you don't have Mm -hmm. to spend a lot of money. And a lot of times it's just a matter of doing like a, like a seasonal refresh. So like every Every spring and then every fall, I do Uh um, like I'll change duvet covers or I'll change throw pillows or I'll change um, or I'll I'll switch around the furniture placement, you know, and clean everything, make sure there's no clutter. And and it's it's like a world of difference. It's like a totally new space just from and I and I recycle a lot of the stuff that you know that I have, um, assuming I still like it. But if I don't, I will Uh either sell it or I'll donate it to a friend. And and I'll go and see if I can find something reasonably priced that I want to replace it with. But you don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, and I think the biggest changes people can make in their homes are things that they can just do to clear that space um, or reorient the furniture so the flow is better. Mm-hmm. Or, or little things like that or, or changing up the colors that does or painting anything just simple like that. Um, can make tremendous um, tremendous differences into into a space and the energy. So, don't always think that you have to spend lots of money because I, unless you're doing a total overhaul, then that's fine. But there's a lot of things you can do, just um, just small scale that make big differences.
0: Do you think the world? I know um, COVID has changed the world and people have spent much more time at home. How do you think mm-hmm. that's impacted? on how they look at their homes,
2: I think that's been actually a really big, you know, not that COVID was great, but I think it's shown a lot of people um, how to reassess their space and and sort of their priorities. And when people were stuck at home, um, I think a lot of people realized how much this didn't work for them
1: and how much they
2: didn't want to be at home maybe because it was so messy or, wow, why don't I have a place that I could go and work? You know, how come I have never thought of that before? But Um, Or the bedroom, you know, if people were sick, you know, why does my room suck and why don't I feel like I'm resting and and things like that. And I think it was a really good wake up call in in a certain respect of people um, realizing that, you know, we we spend so much time out of the house and and running around and doing all of this stuff and everybody had to stop. And not that the sickness itself was a good thing, but I think what it showed a lot of people was a good thing is that, you know what, just stop, you know, look at what you have and, and, find a way to to be healthy and safe in your home in your space um, and, and that's that was sort of what started to get the ball rolling for me you know plotting this book out was wow people just don't know you know sometimes what what they're what they're. they don't know their space they don't know their home right. as if it was an entity of its own right um, so i thought that was a very interesting dynamic and i think people even though they've gone back to work um, I think people are changing the way they look at things, especially now that things are really expensive. Um, so people are going to be looking for ways to to tackle these these home projects now on a budget or 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 trying to find out ways that they can live in more harmony at home. so I, I think some good came out of it um, and I hope people will explore some um, some new techniques for getting acquainted with your house because in a way it's sort of like an entity. It is an energetic being because you're creating it with your own energy. And, um, and, and we have to work with our homes um, if we're going to benefit from them the most.
0: Absolutely. And, and again, um, uh, a side effect of the pandemic and inflation, all this is that um, house prices have in some areas doubled. And so people just can't move a new house you know if, yeah. if if they want extra room or they want something they can't move and so you're right they're having to refigure and remodeling and and working on the home much maybe much more uh, budget advantageous to them
2: yeah oh for sure and on vancouver island i mean we've seen a huge it's just been absolutely out of control over here the the housing market so there's there's a lot of people that have had to reassess um where they are um, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we just need to learn how to scale it back a little bit and and, and make the most of what we have. And, and these are some simple ways that you can do that for
0: sure. Yeah, talk, and talk a little bit about, because you have a, a chapter in your book about the home office. Um, that was um, a shock to many of my <laughs> friends working at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I know uh, even in my own family, people with small children, you know, tried many, started out in the family room, went to the kitchen, ended up in their bedroom. You know what I mean? Many people yeah. ended up reworking their house over this past year to try to find a space, you know, that they could um, yeah. work. Because for a lot of people, like, um, people had to, all of a sudden, they not only had to have a space to work, they had to have a table that could hold two monitors and, and, yep. you know, they weren't used to that. So talk a little bit about the home office.
2: Well, I think, I mean, obviously people having to work from home really had to see that, okay, my my house isn't equipped for this, but, and, and it doesn't mean necessarily that people are going to stay working at home, but I think what we I, tend to do um, as people is we tend to put things into little compartments. So we need to have that focus. So, um, if, if I'm going to go and cook, I want to have the kitchen space that I need. If I want to go and sleep or rest or meditate, I want that space to be what it is. And when it came time to working from home, okay, wait a minute, there's there's no box for me to go do that in. <laughs> so I, I think right. what it is is we need to have a space where we can turn that on and off when we need to. Um, so it, and, and that's why working at the kitchen table or the kitchen island can be hard because there's always distractions there. And not everybody is going to have a space and and it's not always going to be ideal where everyone has a a room they can convert to an office. Um, But but even if it's like a section of the living room that you can kind of section off or it's just something that psychologically you can say that is where I work and when I'm done, I can leave it. Um, So I think that's really the the biggest aspect of, of trying to work from home or trying to find an office space is to keep that uh, and and that's where the intention comes in you know that's where i'm going to work and this is this is what i'm going to create the space to be and i think just doing that um will will help you focus and help you think clearly and um, obviously, scheduling and stuff. Your 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 day is a part of that too. But if, without that space, it becomes chaotic, and then there's no <laughs> there's no set focus as to where you're going to work, a- and, and that's hard. I've tried it too, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work to to not have a set space where you can just go and put your stuff. It, it doesn't make <laughs> you think as clearly. Uh, maybe there are people that work well like that. I'm sure there are, but the majority of us does, just don't because you take away that structure of going to an office or going to a building. <laughs> (laughs) Um, All of a sudden, there's chaos because you're you're you're. We've been trained over the years to work, and then come home, right? So. So there has to be some kind of separation. Um, and if you do have an office, there's home office, there's some really good tips in there for kind of making that mm-hmm. your power space and your workspace and a comfortable environment. But um, there, there's going to be situations where you don't have that. So it's going to take a little bit, bit of creativity. But even like divider screens, you know, I've I've seen people use those, you know, in their bedrooms or in the living room, just to just to section a of place off. Um, where you don't have to see your work at the end of the day or, or when the kids are home or it just to get you back into that mindset of um, home and then work. It should, should have a separation um, for maximum, I think, emotional benefits.
0: Yeah, and I think you do a really good job. I, if I remember, you talked about crystals that you can bring in that help out. Uh, you have mm-hmm. a meditation. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it does – the the book does a really good job of kind of getting you set up about your office, you know, it needs to be organized. Again, clutter's an issue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and plants. I like so, plants. I think plants are good in the office. Yeah. If, if you can have plants, I mean, obviously you can't always have plants if there's pets or things like that, but, but anything that kind of gives you that clarity of mind. So clear quartz is a good one. Um, but I always like to keep, Um, some kind of plant like a jade plant or something close by just because it's refreshing, it's rejuvenating Um, if you can look out a window that's even better um, and keeping the air fresh, like keeping the window open, I find is a big one for me. If, if the mm-hmm. air is not flowing, I tend to be very, very tired when I'm working. So um, just little things like that if you're going to be at home. Um, and, and sometimes working from home is better that way because your office environment might not have that. You know, you might not yeah. even have natural light where you work. So so really take advantage of that if you are working from home is, is how you can kind of optimize that um, that work-at-home space to to make it comfortable and, and fulfilling because uh, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, a window is nice. I know um, years ago I worked at a company and I worked in an office in the, basically in the middle of the building and I had no windows and somebody mm-hmm. came in my office and said, all clear, there's no tornado. I go, what? Everybody had went outside and they basically had forgotten <laughs> about me. I, I, oh, no. I'm like, from now on, I need Aww. an office at the window so I can see the, the weather. But uh, wow. you're right, and especially you. Um, yeah, you're right because you can disconnect very easily from nature and what's going yeah. on. In, in the world. so I think, um, I think. Well, I'm when very, I want to you. I'm, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. I was going to say yeah. It just it tends to isolate you when you're when you're not seeing what's going on outside. And I don't think it's very productive.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and and I think. And I think that just adds to stress and anxiety. So uh, Mm -hmm. it does, you know, give you that peaceful. So what tips uh, and words of wisdom can you leave us with for someone who is looking around and they're like, okay, I want to start moving the energy?
2: Well, for my my biggest tips again, I'm going to go back to uh, space clearing. Uh, before you do anything, get rid of what, um, what what is old. What if something is broken? If you're not using it, um, if you can repurpose it or donate it, um, I would strongly suggest to anybody starting there, um, cleaning and organizing is is going to be your foundation for everything else you do. Um, in any room of your house so start by uh, reassessing what you what you have in that space um and and just removing anything that no longer brings you joy i love i love marie kondo and her you know you know does it bring me joy is it is it um is it is it going to bring me to where i am right now so really think about that if it's serving you now or if it was serving you 10 years ago um, because guaranteed you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. So number one tip I would say is to clear out your old old baggage, anything you've got, um, work through whatever those things might be if you can. Um, a lot of people have friends help them, you know, talk them through getting rid of stuff. Um, and then cleaning, uh, you can space clear using uh, herbs, um, using a lot of uh, intention as well. So thinking about... <laughs> Ridding the space of of old energies or past fights or anything lingering in the air you can feel that energetically so space clearing that way as well and then just making a positive um, clear intention of what you want to bring in I think is is a big aspect of um, any kind of space changing Um, before you bring in new things visualize what it is you're trying to bring in and what you're trying to attract um, after getting rid of the old stuff. Um, and then if you are going to start buying things or you want to maybe spruce it up, um, there is some exercises in the book about um, how, you, how you're going to figure out how you respond to different colors, um, how, to different, how to respond to different styles. So those things are also important too. Um, I tend to, to walk around like places like HomeSense or any, anywhere that has home decor items. And sometimes I'll just go in and browse and see what things I'm drawn to. Um, without necessarily buying anything or look in magazines. What am I drawn to right now? And then start finding those common uh, connections. And then most of the time, there's there's kind of a central focus where I recommend people just follow that. So it might be certain colors you're drawn to, certain, you know, textiles or, or, you know, um, elements that you might be drawn to. So uh, really focus on how things are making you feel before you bring anything new in and, and what kind of cohesive pattern that might uh, be unfolding. That Those are probably my top ones, is um, getting rid of the old stuff and, and really assessing that space before you go tackle anything huge.
0: Thank you so much, Leslie. This has been a wonderful uh, time talking with you. Uh, and I can't believe it always goes fast for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so folks, go out and get Leslie Morrison's book, In the Spirit of Home, Practical Ways to Create Your Perfect Haven. Thank you very much, and we look forward to your next book.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to meet you guys.
0: David and Jeanette our sound engineers for their technical expertise. And I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network podcaster CSNP. Join us on August 2nd on Circle Talk as we discover the power, magic, and secrets of Afro-Brazilian herbal witchcraft. Diego de will be discussing his new book, Sacred Leaves, a Magical Guide to Orsa Herbal Witchcraft. I look forward to being with all of you all again, so please come back. Good night, everyone, and blessed be.
3: Bless your green oceans, bless your red the skies, your streams and your valleys, your mountains so high. Bless your gods and goddesses, Buddha, seek and Jain, Jesus, Allah, Yemaya, we praise your many names. Speak a thousand languages, we speak with the same tongue. Bless our planet. Under one sky All the people on it We all laugh and We all cry Oh bless our planet Place of our birth We are all one family We are children of the earth Bless your vibrant cities Bless your sacred ground. Your hillsides and your forests and bless your tiny town. Bless the winged ones that fly. Bless the horse and bear, Elephants, the dolphin, the cricket and the hare. We speak a thousand languages, we speak with the same tongue. Bless our planet under one sky. All the people on it, we are laughing. We all cry, oh bless our planet, place of our birth We are all one family, we are children of the earth Bless our planet, under one sky All the people on it, we all laugh and we all cry Oh bless our planet, place of our birth we are all one family, we are children of the earth. We are all one family, we are children of the earth.
1: for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcasts presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world and please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CSN podcasts we can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.